Welcome, friends, to the Soul Talk podcast, a show where we explore and uncover the path to the heart, amplifying your conscience. Join me as we meet incredible souls who are in this journey and learn from their experience and different methods that will make you vibrate your heart. Let's get into it. Hi, everyone. This is Monica Ramirez, Area of Love, and we're in the heart of the artist talk. And today we have a very special invite that she is uh, a guest, that she is uh, a visual artist and amazing, amazing artist that you will you will get to know today. Well, let me tell you a little bit about Carol Plum. Uh, she is origin originally from River Falls, Wisconsin. Carol has been drawing and painting from a very uh, young age. Oh, I forgot the lights. And um, eh, where it was from a very young age, she attended in the UV RV, RF graduate. Sorry for my dyslexic, and graduated from Minneapolis College in the art, art and design. Since moving to South Texas in 2005, she has become enamored uh, uh, in Texas coast. True, she had never been especially interested in landscape art. She realizes the water and land had a lot to say of uh, have a lot to say of her. Her dialogue between Carol and the constant Texas has become a deeper and deeper. She is constantly striving to find the balance between the high and, and art image and the broad, uh, and the broader access in one. She has developed a direction and engages people from all the walls and of life. All the walks in life and enjoyed her painting. Carol uh, primarily exhibits her paintings in the lower uh, Rio Grande Valley, including Bronzeville Museum Fine Arts, Harlingen Museum of Arts and Heritage, Beyond Gallery, Titan Studio Gallery uh, 409 in Bronzeville, in the Historic uh, Museum in Bronzeville, and the public, uh, McAllen Public Library. Carol, is really, really my pleasure to have you here and it's really my honor to to be talking having this conversation with you is thank you for accepting my my invitation well thank you for asking me i really appreciate it the, the one of the the why i started this podcast uh the heart of the artist talk is i already have another podcast where i i interview coaches and healers and 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 things like that but I was letting go the the art part until I realized that I I could not let it go because it was important to the, our audience also get to know the artist, what are our struggles, what inspire us, and what do we want to project or why we paint. In fact, many people that are not artists they don't understand that part, and I believe it is important for everybody to listen. And many of our spectators, they're not, in fact, in the valley. They're all around the world. We have people from Australia. We have people from different places in the world. They're, those are our, our listeners. So uh, so I believe that was that's why I, I start opening the Heart of the Artist talk. So this is very important for everybody to get to know us, get to know our art and who we are at the same time. So... Let me ask you some questions that I believe are very important so that people get to know you. 
when do you have uh when do you decided to become an artist because that's uh, a point from when we start painting when we were kids with crayons to become a professional and established artist when did you decide it to you want that's what you wanted to do well I actually think I was born an artist. Uh, some of my earliest memories are drawing. Um, I was always drawn to it. No one taught me. I just started drawing on my own. I think I spent a lot of time by myself when I was little. And um, it was a quiet activity that my parents appreciated. Uh, I was the best artist in my small school. And, you know, you get some attention for that. And then as I graduated I went to art school and in art school it's filled with everyone who was the best artist in their school so there I really learned about competition and uh, for the first time I felt that um, wow you know maybe I won't be an artist uh, this is tough all these people have all these great ideas and and all I really have is a feeling So anyway, I did graduate from art school. Um, I uh, worked in the field of art. You know, I worked at uh, 3M for a while. I worked in the dark rooms. I did some sliding slides. I did slides for a presentation. I was a picture framer. I always kind of worked on the peripheral of the uh, industry of art, never really quite letting it go, occasionally painting. Um, I feel like um, I kind of lost my way a little bit after art school. Yes, it is. It is very different when you go to school than when you have to actually survive as an artist. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it is a very different thing. But when you are an artist and you have to express yourself, because like you mentioned, it is a feeling, it's, it's emotion. And uh, we have to create, even if we sell it or we don't. <laughs> That's it. I had other creative outlets. I made jewelry for a while. I was a very good sewer. Um, I liked homemaking. And I love fashion. I love finished clothes. So, you know, that was okay for a while. But uh, there was a time then I started feeling it stronger, that I really wanted to pursue my art. And I'm glad because the world needs you. You are an amazing artist. You're really, really good. <laughs> well, well, one time I heard this thing and it made me think. It's like even if you're an artist, even if you're not making art, you're looking at the world through the eyes of an artist. So like you're always working that artist muscle. It never really goes away. Yes, I, I agree. <laughs> I agree. We see forms, shadows, lights, colors, etc., That's how we observe the world. That's right. And is I believe also at the same time is easier. Tell me if this statement is it is right. Uh, something that I notice with my when I'm observing everything as an artist, I remove the judgment because I'm just seeing forms, lights, shadows, um, colors, etc. I'm not judging them if this is pretty, ugly, fat, thin, etc. Am I right in this, or this is how you observe the thing without removing the judgment from there? Um, are you talking about your own art? No, when we are observing um, oh. landscapes or the forms or whatever we're observing. Well, I think you always see beauty. You see beauty 
for me, that's how it feels. Uh, when I see something beautiful and I appreciate it, then I know I'm still an artist. Yes, because it makes you feel. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> how would you describe your art? Well, um, my art, it's kind of funny. I, I fought against my style for a long time. I think when you're young, you want to paint like a certain person or famous person, or you have a different idea what your art should look like. And uh, sooner or later, you just have to come around to the fact that this is my style and I can't fight it anymore. And I have to paint this way, whether people like it or not. So when I started to paint, I was really at that point where I was totally going to accept my style. And um, I just started painting and the comments I got from people were really helping me. They would say things like, I feel so peaceful when I look at your paintings. Um, there's so much spaciousness in your paintings. Uh, the world is a beautiful place in your paintings. And I thought, you know, almost unbeknownst to me, you know, that's what I was doing. Hmm. But uh, there's many classifications for, um, for our art. What will be your classification? How do you call your, your art? Well, I call it modern landscape. Uh, when I tell people I paint landscape, I can almost hear them yawning. Uh, it seems kind of you know, traditional, and we've all seen many, many landscapes. But what I like to tell them is that it's modern in the way that I like to reduce things to form. I like to create spaciousness and I'm always looking at sky and water reflection. Um, I'm trying to maybe play a game with spirituality where I'm looking at, um, you know, what can I put in it or take out that'll give it meaning for me. And uh, somehow it gives meaning for others too, happily. Yes, I, I do agree with that statement. What inspired you? Is only landscapes? Well, I think the landscape was a very, very good place for me to start. And part of it was I had just moved to South Texas. And at first, you know, the landscape is very challenging to look at. But the, I moved here in 2005. And, uh, but I had visited many times because my parents were winter Texans and they came down here in the 1980s. I just started to realize how very, very beautiful it is here. Uh, it was a different kind of beauty. It was really raw, big skies. I love the big horizon line. Um, let's see, I just thought it was great. And uh, I just started painting and somehow it just kind of like appeared on my canvas. It was uh, really almost magical. Hmm. Yes, it is a very different uh, landscape here from uh, what is in the valley. I, I come from mountains, rivers, waterfalls in Veracruz, mm -hmm. Mexico. So here is it is very different. Even if the same gulf uh, where I come from, it is very different than where I come from. But you were coming also from kind of similar um mountains and things like that right because you were you were originally are from uh, river falls wisconsin yes mm -hmm. but i did live in vermont for 20 years and vermont was very beautiful too and i was i got a teaching certification in vermont to teach uh middle and high school kids in art and i substitute taught for um like by five or six years and i also worked at middlebury college uh as a printer 
they had a print shop there. It was all inclusive. And, uh, you know, so like, again, I was working on the outsides of the art, art, um, or the industry of art. So it's just like, there's so many greens. I, you know, I wasn't wild about painting foliage. Um, I couldn't see much of the sky. Uh, it just seems uh, like not, it didn't entice me to paint. And I remember George O'Keefe lived in Lake George area for about 10 years. And she kind of felt the same way. And uh, I always liked George O'Keefe and she is from Wisconsin as well. And so I was like that. And when I came down here, I just think it was the expanse of the sky, the different colors, the earth tones. Yes, there were some greens, but they were an accessory. You know, they, they weren't the main palette. So when I look at the palette down here, there were a lot of very soft grays, tans, uh, beautiful water, the sky, um, and also the beautiful colors in the sky. And I love the clouds down here, especially in the summer. Oh, my gosh, they're just fabulous. So there's, it's very exciting, I think, down here to visually be here. And you live in the, uh, close to the island, close to the beach, correct? Yeah, I, I live in Laguna Vista. I moved there in 2005. And I have a little house and I have two little dogs and uh, I'm just really happy there. And um, I also paint the causeway quite a bit. I've been, I work on the causeway on occasions. And um, when I cross the causeway, I love it. It's like a spiritual portal. It takes me to this beautiful place. And I just noticed that other people feel the same way too. So when I started painting the causeway, that was kind of a big thing for me. And I felt like it was a breakthrough as far as subject goes, that was very popular. For our spectators that are not from here, from the Rio Grande Valley, uh, we live very close, well, she lives closer <laughs> to the, we have the Rio Grande, uh, I'm sorry, Padre Island. And that's uh, the one of the more popular beaches that we have around here. And it is beautiful, it's the Gulf of Mexico. Mm -hmm. yeah. And uh, what techniques do you, you like to use? Oils, acrylics. What are your techniques that you usually use? Well, I've, I've of course experimented with all of them, and I did some pastel work for a while. But it was my dream always to paint in oil paint on, you know, a serious canvas, painting large. I felt like uh, the masters used oil, and I wanted to be kind of a classical painter in the sense that. You know, I didn't want to do um, collage and I didn't want to do mixed media. I wanted just to paint with oil paint. And that's all I wanted. And I wanted to master that. Yes, I I have experimented with all of them. As I have done a little bit of encaustic. Uh -huh. I, and I still like it. But unfortunately, where we live, it is very hard to to actually not damage your painting after that because... It is very hot <laughs> here. Mm -hmm. Yes, mm -hmm. but the wet. Yes, but it is. But oils are also my, my, my baby in a way. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And um, what projects uh, do you do? You have a project right now going on, or you work at, at, in collections or or things All like right. that. Mm -hmm. Well, right now I'm uh, interning for a year at Art Business Incubator on South Padre Island. And it's an intern program. It's uh, 
it's kind of a complex with a gallery, some stores, um, the South Padre Island. Um, um, uh, oh, it's, it's kind of complex. But anyway, South Padre Island is supporting it. And um, I'm in there with uh, five other artists. Uh, only two of us are local. Um, well, there's one artist from Harlingen and the rest are from out of state. And it's kind of interesting because they're bringing in a lot of fresh ideas and we're all working together there. And part of our job is to run the gallery and then for 20 hours a week. And then we also get a small stipend and um, we can sell our work out of there. We have a studio there. We can work out of there. I just decided to go into this intern program because um, of COVID. Um, so many galleries were closing and uh, I just thought this would be a good place for me to sit out the COVID year and just to see where things are going to go with everybody. It's been a very hard time for artists, even the restaurants where I have my work and things, they were closed, you know? So I think that this has been a good move. I've really enjoyed being out on the Island at art business incubator. So it's abispi.com. And we also give workshops and I've also been teaching uh, drawing and I've been teaching some painting as well. You know, something that I, I, I hear in the art incubator in McAllen, where I live. Mm -hmm. Yes. They offered me a space a long time ago, before even they moved to the big one, if I wanted to have a space there. And I decided as, a, as an artist that I couldn't do it because sometimes I just want to paint at 3 o'clock in the morning <laughs> <laughs> and get dressed drive mm -hmm. and I might get out at six or seven o'clock in the morning from the studio or you know or all night painting and I want something from the fridge or something like or my <laughs> coffee or you know what I mean and how do you manage uh, painting and just a certain hours in a location when you are because artists we get inspired at any time you know, it's not only from eight to five and uh, we get out yeah. and we go home and we stop being an artist. No. Right. <laughs> well, that has been a challenge. You know, that's there's pluses and minuses in this program. Part of it is like you're going back to school. And, you know, that's been kind of hard for me because I've been out of school a long time. And it, it has been difficult for me to do the hours to be more regimented. Um, I do have a studio at home and I love to paint out of there. But I will have to say that, uh, you know, that's probably one of the minuses that, um, but I'm done in January. You know, I'm halfway through the program. Um, I feel like it has really given me some discipline. Also, it's given me a lot of ideas about branding. Um, I have new business cards. Uh, we're going to take this Kaufman uh, business course. You know, it's like I was always a, an artist, but uh, I could sell my own work and I did. But um, this is all about marketing and everything. And, and I think that that's really an important thing for artists to learn. Though, you know, you have to be careful not to put the cart before the horse because, you know, you want to be an artist first. And, uh, and then you can market your work. But you don't want to collect your own work. So you got to, you know, you got to get it out there and you got to sell. It's, it's really difficult for artists, I think, to, to be their own business manager. But we have to, you know, we don't really hire anybody we can't afford it 
Well, there are many galleries outside the valley that, or even, well, there are not many galleries now, unless after COVID. But uh, outside the valley, there are many galleries that represent artists. I was living in Los Angeles, and many of the galleries, that's what they do, representation of the, it is very hard, it's a lot of politics involved. It is not so much about the quality of work that you have, it is about the, the politics behind that. And why you think it's like that and not the quality of work? I don't know. Um, I That's why I kind of like these smaller shows, you know, like Alexander Caminos has that art center in Harlingen. You know, I love it when people are showing new artists, unformed artists, artists who are just doing their work out of love. And, you know, they're not real polished in the business world. Um, you know, I think it's a slippery slope. You really have to um, be able to do both, but you have to maintain your own integrity and your own vision and your own joy. Because, you know, when people aren't buying your work, you know, that doesn't mean that your work's not good. You know, it just could mean so many things, especially during COVID right now. People might not have the money. Uh, I don't know. It's You have to be careful. I try to be careful. That's all I can say about it. Something that... Uh living in exhibiting in different places outside the valley and and i had two galleries here in the valley and uh of course i have exhibited here in the valley many times mm -hmm. yes but uh something that i noticed that it is uh the the prices here in the valley of the art it are the majority are very low yes yes you go, you go to san antonio mm -hmm. north or Europe, or even in Mexico, in some places, it is way more higher than what it is here. And do you think that that has to do with the how the artists see themselves? Or why is that? Because I, I do personally hate to exhibit one of my pieces, I don't know, let's put it a price, a thousand dollars next mm -hmm. to a painting of two hundred dollars. Well, I, I think that comes with experience. The first time I ever showed, I had a painting. It was a 30 by 40 and it was oil. And I had priced it at 300. I just didn't know any better. And my teacher at the time priced it at 800. And I was like, oh no, you know, and then, but guess what? It sold and um, it gave me a lot of confidence and it really helped me with pricing. So um, I sell a lot of my work for around 1200, maybe down to eight at times. Uh, I have very large work too, like five by seven feet, four by six feet. You know, those paintings, they, you know, a lot of people would say, wow, well, up in Houston, you get $10,000 for those. But, you know, I, I'm not up in Houston. I'm down here in the valley and I paint local scenes and the valley people like them. And uh, I just feel like it's, it's it's different down here because people make less too. I mean, we make seven. A lot of people still make minimum wage down here, seven twenty-five an hour. So, you know, it's like if I want my work to get out, if I want people to enjoy it, if I think these people, you know, is a good home for my work, uh, you know, I'm more apt to just let it go because I'm pretty prolific, and I want to keep painting, and I don't want to have a million paintings just sitting around with a big high price tag on them. That's one way to see it. <laughs> That's one way to see it. I... Well, I'm kind of generous in that way. I think as you get older, too, I mean, I can't take them with me. And um, I think when you get older, you just get more generous because, you know, it's kind of 
I don't know, you're just getting older. You don't see, you see things so differently. Yes, you yeah. do. Mm -hmm. Yes, you do. But I don't know. I, I, it, I used to sell my paintings super, super cheap. And it was yeah. hours, many, many, many hours in one piece. And it was like, give me a hundred dollars. And I felt like, oh, I sold it. <laughs> I like, oh my God. And you start growing and you start finally evaluating professionally your art. And you're like, wow, I was, I should just put a, a, a wrap and give it to them instead of selling a hundred dollars. You know what I was doing? Obviously I was not appreciating or believing enough in myself. And now I prefer to stay with the painting that actually sell it in a in hundred dollars. That's something that is not going to happen. And, but also the collectors that there are not many in the valley. I agree. Because the collectors, that's what they do. They call, they usually, they buy, um, art from artists that they're just starting uh -huh. because they know there's going to worth, they might pay the hundred dollars right. right now and later on they're uh -huh. going to sell that painting in a hundred thousand. Right. You know? right. Yeah. <laughs> they're, yeah. You can get a painting for $400 when you know that this guy's really good or gal and it's going to be maybe a 1200 or 1400 next year. Right. Do you consider that in the schools they're teaching that part to the students? Because after having many galleries and uh -huh. with many art students or just recently graduated students or later on, even just local students, because I have organized many art exhibits outside the Valley uh -huh. in Los Angeles and so forth. And, uh, and I realized that they come out without... They might have their portfolio how it used to be. Yes. Now is Instagram. They don't even want to see your website. Uh, you know, it's like things have changed. And, uh, and, but they come out without that street mart and knowing and that those kind of things, how to manage. What do you think about that? Why they do that? Because the teachers are artists and they know better. <laughs> Yes. Uh, well, when I, uh, let's see, the question is, uh, why don't we um, know more about the realities of selling our work when we come out of the school system, right? Well, I think that uh, it's hard. I think that if, when I was studying to be a teacher, they never really taught me how to discipline a class. You know, and then it turned out that that's really key, right? So, um in art school, they don't really, you know, you might, I think you find a mentor and then they tell you, but um, that's what happened for me. And lots of times I try to be other people's mentors. Like I have a lot of students, painting students, drawing students, they'll, I'll see their work. Many times I'll help people with their pricing uh, down here. I do agree. Many people do price their work way too low and they need to price their work up a little higher, but they're so unsure. Um, and then you have to kind of go back to what is their intent? I mean, um, do they love it? I mean, is this going to destroy their confidence? Will they stop painting if they don't sell? I mean, like what's, what's the deal here? So, uh, I think that, you know, it, it kind of helps to be a little naive. I think you don't want to, you don't want it to stop painting. We have a, a question from one of our viewers. Sure. Uh, 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 I, I always have problems with you, my love. I'm so sorry. Ah, Ahmed, I'm sorry. 
She's asking, uh, how about the politics in the schools? Well, you know, I try to stay away from politics, even in my own personal life. Um, I'm a liberal woman. I um, I grew up in the age of women's liberation. Um, I uh, have my beliefs. I've already got them. I don't really argue with other people. Um, the schools are political. Yes, they are. But um, I'm really all about art. And, uh, and if somebody's really hurting over a political situation, well, that's different. But I think artists just should create. Um, I've never made political art. Some people do. Um, I would just say I don't really think about it. I, I don't, don't think about it. I don't think she she's talking about the politics of the of the country or something. Right, I know she's talking about the microcosm of the campus or like the small. Right, but there's nothing you can do about that either. I mean, it's just the way it is. I mean, that's life, isn't it? Yes, I I do agree with that. And. Uh, After the COVID, I, I seen many, many pain through the artists. I, unfortunately, I have friends that they, uh, when I'm talking about artists, I'm not talking about only painters or sculptors. Right, or, I understand. Or, or writers. Uh, I'm talking about all the artists. And after COVID, I have seen people falling apart completely and, and even taking their own lives because oh. of the depression and uh, and horrible things you know and the loneliness and not making not making enough money to survive etc because like you mentioned many restaurants have closed many business galleries etc they have closed how do you think how affect how this have affect you as an artist living in south texas because we live in one of the poorest states if you google it mm -hmm. Uh, we live in one of the poorest places in all the United States. In fact, if you Google it, you're going to find South Texas. All right. Uh, now, tell me that question. Can you just make it smaller? Yes. How it have affected you cool. personally? How did the COVID thing affect me? Well, I have to tell you that when we went into lockdown that one year, I think it was 2020 in April, I was ecstatic. Um, I painted like seven paintings. I finally got some time. No more meetings, no more school, no more work. You know, it's like I stayed home that whole month. And uh, remember how everybody was isolating? And uh, I loved it because I needed time. I just needed to relax. Um, I painted so much and I painted very well. And uh, and I I just loved it. And then, um, and I tried some new things too. You know, I just tried to stay busy. Um, I think through this COVID thing, um, You just have to stay centered. You really just have to be positive. You have to um, not let a lot of outside things influence you. Um, you know, it is an opportunity. You know, with everything bad comes some good. And I do think that one of the good things about COVID in our culture is that it's really forced us to slow down and really reevaluate what's important. You know, I may not be selling work. But for the first time, I actually had some time to work. And, uh, and I really, really love that. Also, I think you have to have your, your, your people that, that support you. And also you, like, I, I really like Eckhart Tolle. You know, uh, he is, you know, uh, 
he's really a great guy to listen to. I listen to a lot of his tapes. If I get uptight, I can fall asleep to his, you know, little German voice. Um, I love what he's saying about being present. You know, when you are in the moment, when you are present, you know, I don't try to worry about what tomorrow's going to bring because it doesn't, it doesn't pay. There's no, you know, there's no point in it. So I just really, really work on my spiritual program and I really try to stay positive and, um, and just know that it's, you know, it's going to work out. It may not work out the way I want it to, but it's going to work out. I just don't have that much control. I totally agree with you. I also, I was a spiritual since before, uh, was teaching meditation for 30 uh -huh. years, something like that. But in Kobe, just went full in completely. And uh, yes, I painted, but I don't saw it like, This is the only thing I have to hold oh. in there. And, and not only that, I started helping even people. I became a life coach and I certified life coach and NLP and this and that. Because I not only I was using it for myself to keep myself centered and safe, <laughs> so, so yeah. that I can help people because that's what I like to do. And that's why I paint at the same time. So this is, I did change. The people that just were focused only, this is who I am and this is what I have to do. Like I have uh, friends that are uh, in theater. The theaters closed down and uh, there was no place anymore, you know. Uh -huh. And I was telling them, you need to find another way and open up, like go and do a play in, in uh, online. But they didn't want to do it. So they went deeper in uh, depression or musicians too. Yeah. Or... Well, that's kind of how I found out about you is I was online and I saw you and, and, you know, you, I always got such a good feeling, even from your, just your photograph, I would just be like, wow, this person is um, amazing. And uh, I just started listening. And when you asked me to be on the show, I mean, I was just so honored. And, uh, and I just think you're a seeker. Um, I'm a seeker. I'm always thinking about, you know, ways I can improve my life. Um, I got sober in 2009. I stopped uh, using any kind of alcohol or uh, drugs. And, um, and that's been a real awakening too, because now I go through my life. I go through my art. I go through everything straight. You know, I'm there. I'm really present. And it's really helped me grow so much. I have really matured. Um, You know, you can really, you, you can get up in years and you can still be, you know, a child or you can still be sleep, asleep, as you like to say. And, uh, and it's been a great awakening. I, I think I couldn't have had this awakening even without the COVID. I mean, it's all playing in together. How it's all going to work out, who knows, you know? Yes, because something of the COVID that teaches is... You can't go outside, so you have to go inside. <laughs> There's and, you know, and you better like yourself. You know, you better make peace with yourself. Surrender. You know, it's just like help others. I like that when you said that. And whatever you don't like about yourself, well, you have the opportunity to change it. And every day is a new opportunity to change it. That's what I would tell the artists that are suffering right now. If you don't like something about yourself, you have the opportunity to change it. Every day is a new opportunity. So don't give up. Because they're asking us in another question, is like, how about the street artists during the COVID? And this is what I was saying. Oh, see. the street artist? Is that what you said? That's what, that was the question uh, uh, that is 
And how about the, the street artists during COVID? Uh, well, out here on the island, it's like, there's a lot of people out on the island. It's somewhat dangerous, I think, because uh, it's like Disneyland. No one really wants to recognize that COVID exists out there. There's quite a few people. I always wear my mask out there. Um, the street artist, uh, well, there's always murals. Uh, you know, I've always heard my uh, teacher told me once, he goes, when people have money and times are economically good, that's when you sell your work. When times are tough and nobody's buying, that's when you do your work. So, you know, you can adjust your pattern to, uh, to what's going on. And find, if the world is going right now on the internet, find ways to cooperate because you can't resist to the new changes and to the new world. That's something that is, is going to go on either way, right? Well, I, I didn't even sit down at a computer till I was 40. <laughs> and um, when I went to art school, we didn't even have computers. We did all our letters, rub on, letter set. We had pencils and rulers. I mean, it was just archaic now when I look at it. And uh, so, you know, we've come a long way. And, you know, the Internet is helpful. I try not to go down the rabbit hole and waste a lot of time. But... <laughs> Yes, I I do agree. Social media can suck a lot of the energy. Let's put it like that, and your time. Yeah. It can it can be very, very much like that. But I do agree. I I did not I was not raised with computers or things like that. I no cell phones. In fact, when I was uh, when I was younger, until twenty three years ago, that's when I got my first cell phone, and without camera, <laughs> you know. <laughs> 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 So it was, it was a very different time that right now the, the the young people are getting that they don't even realize how we grew up. Grew up. Yeah. Yes. Well, one thing I noticed in a lot of young people is that they have a pretty loud, critical voice. And uh, when I'm teaching and I talk to my students, I always, you know, try to accent the positive. And I'm like, if you have a very loud, critical voice, it's just going to be so painful that you will stop. Um, and so you have to find out what that critical voice is. Whose voice is that? Is it your old art teacher from high school? Is it, is it your parents? Is it, you know, your ex? I mean, who is that person? Uh, you have to get rid of your critical voice and you have to let perfectionism go. Uh, and that's really part of accepting your own style. You know, just, you just got to go with it. When I stopped fighting my own style, then I really started enjoying it. I enjoyed it. Then I did more of it. I got good at it. And then I just thought, oh, my gosh, I have this art career that I've always wanted. You know, thank you. You know, but I had to do the work, right? I believe that's the hardest part to to anybody that is painting because they yeah. tend to copy other artists or copy styles and they lose who they are. And finding that voice, like you mentioned, it is very important So, because you are at the end, it's, you want an original piece. You don't want a, a piece that is the original. Someone else did it, but do you copy the style, right? It's it's tempting, but sooner or later that gets old too. Uh, you have to find it. You have to find yourself. You have to find yourself in your work uh, and really enjoy it. It can be so simple. It's it, you know it sounds. Some people make it hard, really hard. I think I made it hard for a while too. And, but 
once I started to get it, it was just so easy. I agree with you completely. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I have a question. I was reading your bio that you sent me, and uh, and I I noticed that you've been exhibiting along uh, here in the valley. Uh, it's in the museums or what, uh, but here in the valley all the time. Why only here in the valley and not outside the valley? Well, for one thing, um, I'm single and I usually have to drive myself everywhere. And I have shown up in Corpus and uh, I've shown in San Antonio. I've been in galleries there. And it's just so hard for me to have a life, be an artist, and then be on the road. Um, I, I just found that I just... Just, you know, you have to drive up there to give you there. You know, you have to drive up for your work, dropping your work off. Then you got to go to the opening. Then you got to go pick it up. I mean, and these are miles and miles. And sometimes I have to go alone, you know, and uh, so I've even hung my own shows. And so sometimes the, it's just it's a solitary pursuit. And I have to decide how much energy I want to put into that. I know I forgot that also you paint big. I, yeah, I paint big, but it most of my paintings can fit in my um, Honda CRV. You know, most of them can. Uh, I love 40 by 60 is a very good size for me. 30 by 40. Um, those those fit really nice. I've got a lot of those. My really big paintings. Yeah, I have to make some uh, changes for. But to tell you the truth, I'm really not painting that big anymore. Um, just lately, I've just decided to paint the size that's easy for me to handle and carry and move around. And uh, so, you know, I, I have made some changes, you know, and it's okay. It's, it's, it's okay to change. Yes. I personally, I always make fun of myself that my paintings <laughs> travel more than me. I have paintings in Europe. I have paintings all over. Oh, Europe. really? Wow. Keep them, you know. I, I don't go. I just ask for photos. <laughs> so I always say, my paintings travel more than me. Or in India one time also, and it's like, or in Spain and so forth. It's like, I wish I can go to my, with my, all my art exhibits. But unfortunately, I economically, I can't do it. And forget about, uh, or if I have to travel, I don't know, when one time I exhibit New York and so forth, and, and then the next week it was in Los Angeles, and I was like, this is impossible. I, I could not do it, even if I want to. So I ship them. I ship my paintings, and that's why I stopped painting so big. So yes. <laughs> and the painting, and it's cheaper, and shipping and handling. Yeah. It's just and, practical. Yeah. Yes, it's, it's just practical. Unless someone asked me for a precisely size. Yes, of course. Well, yeah, commissions, consignments, I can do those, you know, things like that. And I do think that when you paint big, it really does separate you from other painters. Uh, people like big paintings. It's, I was told that it was easier to paint big, and I didn't really believe it till I did it. And, and it is easier for me to paint bigger. You can't hide your painting under the bed. If it doesn't work out, you got to keep working at it. So you really make a big commitment when you paint big. Yes, we have a comment says the street artists are expressed by their paintings on their walls. It is so beautiful. It was, it's a comment. Nice, nice. Yes. Well, I have my paintings in my home. I like living with my art. I've heard other people say that they like living with my art too and that it's very calming and, uh, and I really like that. 
Yes, I, I do have my paintings all over. I have even windows now that I cover because I have too many paintings. I, I, and I just want to start painting smaller and smaller because where do I put them if I don't sell them? You know, <laughs> that's a tough one. And uh, I wanted to ask you, how do you see yourself in five years as an artist? Well, I am kind of thinking about, I'm going to keep painting. But I would like to move into abstraction a bit. Um, I've gained an interest in abstraction. I never knew if I had anything to say in abstraction, to be honest. Um, and I also would like to paint uh, different regions of the United States. Um, there's an area in Wisconsin that I've painted a little bit. It's called Lake Pepin. It's where the Mississippi broadens into this huge lake and they have all these bluffs and they're really far away and they're kind of purple and blue and they're all these colors. And, you know, I see other areas that are very beautiful. So sometimes I think that I would like to travel a little bit more uh, in the next five years and that I'd like to paint more of what I'm seeing. And I've always kind of been in love with plain air. I like the idea of, you know, painting a, a quick, fast painting, an impression of an area. Um, I've been always been so controlled in a way, you know, and, uh, you know, brushing and, and being in my studio and drawing. And the idea, I, I'd like to push myself into outside of my comfort zone in the next five years and, and just see what I've got going. You know, right. what, you know, what have I learned? What, you know? I love that idea. I love really? that. Really? Oh, good. Oh, God, <laughs> I mean, uh, something that COVID uh, pushed me or made me to think is like I need to travel more. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I can't wait. <laughs> yes, <laughs> me too. Oh, my God. And yes, seeing the beauty and paint the beauty is like, oh, God, I believe that's the dream of many of us. Yes, you know, it's our calling. I mean, we, you know, Oprah talks a lot about why we're on the earth and uh, I just really firmly believe I'm on the earth because I'm an artist and uh, I just want to bring beauty into people's lives on homes and into my life and uh, you know and also help others I, I feel like I have encouraged others to keep painting and to move forward especially women who are middle-aged and a little older um a lot of those women finally are getting a chance to paint and have time to do creative things. Their kids are grown, their husbands are kind of wherever. And um, I just feel like women really come into their own as they get older and they really have a lot to say and they all, you know, really paint beautifully. I, you know, they just really enjoy it too. So, you know, I think as we get older, <coughs> it's something that, you know, we should all be doing. I, I do agree. And that's a beautiful, that is beautiful. Well, I, I didn't really start painting until I was much older. Um, I've only really been painting seriously for the last 15 years. So um, I came at it late and I just happened to find my community. And they were people that were kind and took me seriously. And it really helped a lot. That, that is good. You know, I, I've been painting, I believe, well, my mother was a painter. Oh, yeah. And I started painting when I was six started exhibiting when I was 13. And uh, and I had two galleries. My first gallery I had it when I was 25. And it's been a long road. It's been a long road. It's, it's, and but you're I, a good artist. Thank you. I, you <laughs> well, I saw that one you just posted on Facebook. Beautiful. Beautiful. Yes. And, and like you said, sometimes it is hard to just let it go. You know, it's like, oh, I need to do this and this and this. And 
it can stay in in the in there forever and and unfinished. <laughs> so sometimes it's it's hard to let it go. Yeah, and then just don't try not to be too hard on yourselves. You know, sometimes I'll just say it's only a painting. It's only one painting, you know, and then sometimes I'll say to myself, whatever I do to this painting will only improve it. When you walk to that canvas and you think, oh, my gosh, I'm at a point where I could just, you know, I don't know what to do. I just start painting and just start praying. Whatever I do to this painting will only improve it. And it always works. Yes, that's a good one. I'm going to use that one. (laughs) (laughs) What would you tell uh, artists that you're starting right now and uh, for their career? We're, remember where we are. We're in 2021. We're still in pandemic time and many countries are still closing and they're in lockdown. We don't know I where we're going to go, but we can go around there. What would you well, tell you know- Well, especially if they're young people, I really feel like the sky's the limit. I mean, there's so much beautiful uh, art, creative artwork, music on on the Internet that, you know, wasn't really available to everybody before. Um, I think it's a lot. You know, sometimes artists need limits. Sometimes, you know, if it's limitless, it's just almost a little confusing. But um, I just and as far as being an artist, like in my area, my classes, I always tell people that they need to start drawing. Uh, you need to have that eye-hand coordination. Even if you're working on the computer, you have to be able to take that information in and then put it out. And uh, um, and and it, it takes practice. You just have to practice a lot. I have this intro to drawing, and I get people in that are very new, never drawn. And then I get other people that have drawn a lot, and they're professional artists so but they all meet on the same ground it's all common ground when you start practicing your own skills and you know it's like drawing's really important i i would suggest people just start drawing and what would you tell the the buyers the people that are buying our art wow well it's that's that's harder because uh, when I'm in I'm selling, you know, when I do sales, um, I try to find out a little bit about that person and what why they want the art. Like, why do you want it? Do you want it for your home? You want it for your living room? Are you going to live with it? Are you going to put it? You want inexpensive art that's going to go in a rental? I mean, sometimes I try to get more facts, but I I just always am grateful to people who buy art. I tell them how much we need them. Um, it's it's really important to have an audience and to have a place that attracts people to come in and look at art. A lot of people come into the art business incubator and they don't buy, but they see so many different types of art. You know, we have a woodworker, a printer, we have a um, a painter other than me who paints impressionistic shores and skies. Um, We have some collage artists. She uses literally thousands of pieces of paper. I mean, they get to see all these different kinds of art and they really appreciate it. And I guess if they walk away and they buy something great, but if they don't, I'm just like, come back, keep interested in art and what's going on. And something that I will add to that, it is, this is a reminder for all the art buyers and collectors for all the artists. When you're buying an art piece, you're buying an investment. Oops. Uh, are you still? Okay, yeah, right. I'm still here. Yeah. Okay. 
when you're buying a piece of art, you're buying an investment. So maybe right now it's going to worth you whatever the artist is selling it, but later on it's going to be, uh, it's going to worth way more. So just think on that when you're buying a piece of art. Uh-huh. Not only supporting the artists that were storytellers of our time. Oh, wow. Also, we are, you're, uh, you're also making an investment. You know, you buy stocks and bonds. Well, art is also like a stock and bond. I will add that to the art collectors. I collect my own. I col- I have my own little collection, not a big one because I don't have more walls. <laughs> but I I have my mini collection because I I do. That's my way to supporting the artist too. At the same time, do you have something to add? Uh, no, I don't think so. I just really want to encourage everyone to keep drawing and painting and uh, and don't worry about the future. It's just going to take care of itself and uh, and just be kind and uh, help others. And uh, I like to give people opportunities. You know, I like to tell them about who has a show, who has a cancellation, um, you know, and then stop by the Bronzeville Museum of Fine Art. Um, I'm on the board there and it's a great museum and we've been able to keep the doors open right now. We have a member show going on and it's a great way. If you're just entering the arts to join a museum, become a member, go in their member show. It's a good way to start your resume. And, uh, it's, a uh, um, be a, be a joiner, you know, some, sometimes artists are so isolated, you know, but just get yourself out there and have fun, I guess. Yes, that that is the point of life. Not so great. <laughs> Enjoying it, <laughs> no, that is important. Uh, thank you very much. I really appreciate this conversation. That I really enjoy it. Thank you so much, Carol. And do you have I something else to add before we close? Well, I just want to tell you that I love the song that you play in the beginning of your show. <laughs> I love his voice. Yes, so awesome. I do. I, I, it makes me happy every time I hear it. That's why I chose it. <laughs> <laughs> well, and uh, I'm going to make the announcements for the next okay. tomorrow. No. Tomorrow and Monday and Monday at 6 o'clock. I'm sorry, at 7 o'clock in Soul Talk, we have Tracy Montgomery. She's an ST, uh, STR practitioner and she can change uh, any blockage that you have in a minute. I've I been her patient many times. And also in the next um, artist, uh, in the heart of the artist talk, we have Valente Rodriguez. He's an actor. He's been in many shows like George Lopez and, and, and many more. And that is the next Sunday at 6, uh, 6 p.m. And remember, guys, that this podcast survived uh, through your donations. It is completely free. And I really appreciate it for the people that have already donated. And thank you so much. Thank you, Carol. I really appreciate it. I enjoy this. And hey, we need to have a coffee soon. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. I'd love that. Yes. Thank you, everybody. Thank you for listening. And, uh, And thank you, Carol. Thank you for joining me today. I would love to share with you my transformational system, Path to the Heart, that I created just for you. Head over to monicaramireswarrioflove.com and you will find free resources. In there, you can download a masterclass in how to stop being people pleaser and meditations to get you started.